Hey everybody, how are you? It's Chef Gellman of Solid Canine Training and another WWJD Goes Deep. What would Jeff do? Goes Deep. And this idea was from, um, if you watch my show or listen to my show, a lot of people ask a lot of questions and unfortunately we don't have time to answer them all. But then again, a lot of the questions also need a lot more explanation. Um, so what I wanted to do was start talking about different concepts, answering questions directly that are taken from the show so I can start expanding on those things and to help as many people as possible. One of the things, and I also want to start talking about things that nobody else talks about because of the criticism or the concern that they would have on any pushback, which doesn't bother me at all because I'm looking to help and save as many dogs as possible. But even bigger than that, and this will actually have a lot to do with this one point is, I'm looking for humans to have a better quality of life. And the way it works is when you help people work through issues with their dog, the humans have a better quality of life. And whenever I mention human, that doesn't mean it's anti-dog. You actually can care tremendously about dogs and care tremendously about humans. But when it comes down to it, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm in the human's corner because humans make all the decisions that are very difficult for that dog if you have to make a hard decision, as well as humans are actually responsible for the health and safety of the dog, the food of the dog, the vet care of the dog, and paying all the bills, housing the dog, watering the dog, feeding the dog, and unfortunately, in some certain situations, ending the dog's life or giving the dog away. So I wanna be, you know, I'm, I've always been human-centric. One of the things that people always ask, though, is, you know, to stop an unwanted behavior. First, let's clarify that we do, we do, the, the, the show is based mostly on, we call it punishment, but you can call it a correction, an intolerable circumstance, you can call it what you want. It's not a redirection and it's absolutely not positive reinforcement or reward. Meanwhile, I'm sitting at my training center, which 95 to 98 percent of the day, these dogs are being rewarded. We actually train with food and clickers. They're actually food and clicker trained. There's a, there's a great video out there that's on my TikTok channel that says, Bonk twice and 1,000 click and treats. And so many people like concentrate on that bonk twice. It's like, did you not hear about the 1,000 click and treats? Are we missing something? We're not on the same page. So obviously, they don't last very, very long on my page. But a lot of times, so many people will say, my dog's leech reactive. My dog has separation anxiety. My dog rushes the front door. My dog growls at guests. Uh, my dog jumps up on grandma, jumps up on my kids. My dog nips at my kids. My dog nips at me. My dog nips at like strangers. And I'll give them a protocol. And the protocols that I always suggest are not just random things that I read somewhere. After 10,000 dogs and tens personally hands-on training, and then I travel the world doing seminars, and there's been thousands of dogs at the seminars, and then there's the feedback I get from the thousands, if not tens of thousands, maybe even 100,000 of owners who have taken all of our free content and given us feedback on. And I would say daily we get about 20 direct messages, um, personal messages or emails or comments in our social media feed about they watched this video and it dramatically helped. Not just helped, but dramatically helped. In a lot of these emails, what they, they make a point of saying is, our life with our dog is better because it stopped this behavior. 
So we are giving a better life because of this. We do, and a couple of other things people will often say is, we were ready to give up our dog. Wow. And you didn't have to because you watched free content? Free content. My relationship was ready to be broken up, but we watched the video and now it's not. Um, my marriage was on the rocks. I was horrific to my kids. I despised the dog. And a lot of people will say, well, well, then you shouldn't own a dog if you can't handle it. I've had a really hard time with comments like that because if you live with a dog that every time you took it for a walk, it lunged at other dogs, barked at other dogs, redirected and bit you every single time. You went to trainers, you talked to your vet, you went to behaviorist, you tried meds, you put the work in, but you couldn't stop it. You know, after a while, you're going to feel defeated. If you can never have success, you're going to be defeated. That's just the way it works. And that doesn't mean you're lazy. It's just human nature. Sorry, but some people don't try, you know, a thousand times. But the big issue is, so many people are so concerned about a moment of discomfort. Now, could it be a small discomfort? Could it be a big discomfort? Or a moment of your dog looking fearful? Or maybe the morning the dog looks fearful. After you have applied a highly strategic standard operating procedure correction slash punisher that gets you expected positive results because we have done it so many times. Remember, you're not upset you know, when we talk about corrections or punishments. You're not mad, you're not upset, you're not angry at the dog. You're giving your dog information that says, that was wrong, uh, don't do it again. And there's probably gonna be people on this and all this stuff gets deleted. I don't get deleted because I'm not open to, to, to debate. It's because it's wrong and I don't want nonsense on my page. That like, oh, if you train with fear or discomfort, you're gonna make the dog worse. I'm not seeing that. We're not seeing that as a company. You know, we've got four to five people training dogs. I'm not seeing that on my seminars. I'm not seeing that on my social media. I'm just not seeing that. A lot of that is called imagined harm from people who actually have never done it. Now, how could you know, you know, when it comes to dog training, if it's going to do it if you've never done it. Now, you could read, you know, someone could tell you or you can watch somebody and see it, but we have to be careful about interpreting moments of time that there's discomfort or fear lasting forever. And what I like to tell people is, have you ever been to a grooming salon with dogs taking a bath? A lot of yelling and screaming, a lot of fear going on, a lot of anal glands exploding. A lot of dogs trying to bite you. Have you ever been to a vet office? A lot of fear, a lot of barking, a lot of screaming, a lot of what sounds like torturing. A lot of handlers, vet techs, having to hold that dog down. A lot of anal glands being exploded. A lot of pee and poop come out of that dog. A lot of fear going on. And they're sticking things in the dog, whether it's a needle or, or, or a finger or a thermometer. You know, that's not exactly comfortable, but we happily do it. We happily do it. We even almost joke about it. But when it comes to strategically applying a training technique that has a positive outcome from massive amounts of experience, 
on our end to eliminate, make dramatically better for the dog, why is it that so many folks are stuck on that? You know, I'm really, really, really looking for owners to have a better quality of life. And what I always say is, why is it that we're so concerned about a moment of fear or discomfort of the dog, but we never talk about the fear, discomfort, quality of life of the human if we don't stop the problem? Why do we talk about that? Why is it when your dog jumps on grandma, she gets knocked over, breaks her hip, has to go in for surgery, may never walk the same, has to go to rehab for over a year, and you're stuck with a $50,000 bill. Why is it that when I can prevent that with one second of discomfort to the dog, and people focus on that one second of discomfort. Why are we not being more human-centric to prevent that problem? Or jumping on a child, or jumping on us. Why is it that when your dog bites your kid, and I'm not talking about the kid, you know, pulling its tail, or, you know, grabbing its jowls, or hugging it. I'm talking about your child sitting down, doing a puzzle, the dog runs over to it and bites it. And it's not because the kid must have done something wrong and teased it or abused it. Like, we deal with dogs that randomly bite children. Why is it that we're not concerned about the dog that pulls its owner so hard, it falls on the sidewalk, breaks a wrist, fractures a shoulder, pulls a muscle, and they've got to go in for physical therapy as well as the hospital? Why is it that we don't talk about a dog that pulls out of its owner's hand, chases the bicyclist down the road, knocks over the bicyclist, and injures the bicyclist? Why are we not talking about their fear, their discomforts, the humongous amount of emergency room bills, and possible the quality of life that the human has post-injury? But, for some reason, I can get a dog to stop pulling on the leash within seconds, historically. Stop chasing bicyclists in seconds, historically. Stop jumping. Why is it that we're not so concerned about when you just casually, from two to three meters away, walk past your dog eating, they're not even looking at the dog, and the dog attacks you, and you're minding your own business? You're not walking towards the dog. You're literally just like, you just got up to get the remote control and your dog bites you. Why is it that we can solve that in a split second, but now you might actually have to rehome, put down your dog, or your dog will not have as good of a quality of life because you've got to like start coordinating things in the house. Why are we never having that discussion? Why are we more dog-centric than human-centric? And by being human-centric, that doesn't mean you're anti-dog. You can love dogs and love people. But when it comes down to it, and I've said it many times before, I love people a heck of a lot more than I love dogs, which does not mean I don't like dogs. It means I put people
people first. And I think when it comes to our world, which is the world of rehab, which is the world of working with difficult dogs, but you can have a happy-go-lucky dog that doesn't bite and still cause a lot of damage to a human, still create a lot of discomfort, mental um, discomfort in a household. You can still have a dog create physical discomfort in a household that's not aggressive. Why is it that, that we will allow a dog for one year, six months, many years, to be stressed out in a crate, have lots of anxiety in a crate, but we cannot apply a one to two second bit of information, punisher, to the dog that that will tell the dog to go, oh, I'll stop doing that, I'll just fall asleep. And we're not shutting down the dog. Like that cut and paste response of like, you're shutting down the dog, don't train with pain, fear never fixed anything. Like all these cut and paste response are like, you know, we're so over with that. Because, it, because it's not true. It's not true. But you've been made to think it's true. It's funny because the people that are using our techniques are writing us the most wonderful success stories. And the people that never use our techniques are giving us the most amount of hate. I find that really interesting. I don't know about you, but from an educated standpoint, I'm going to listen to, believe, the people that are actually in the trenches, in the arena, doing the work. Something to really, really think about. Something to really, really ponder. Something to go a little bit deeper on. WWJD goes deep. What would Jeff do show? I'm madly in love with you. I cannot wait to share more information. Take care.